Hi, my name is Rhonda Taylor. I'm a heterosexual Caucasian woman, and my pronouns are she and her. I welcome you today to HR Social Hour. Hello, welcome to a very special episode of HR Social Hour. I'm your host, Wendy, and with me today is Anne. Hi, Anne. Hi, Wendy. How are you? I'm very well. I'm excited because we are going to be chatting with Rhonda Taylor, who we know through um, blogging and all sorts of fun stuff. But she has this awesome story that uh, we felt needed to be told, and uh, we felt it deserved a special episode of the HR Social Hour. (laughs) It's like, wait a minute, what? I am excited to be on the HR Social Hour with you, Wendy. Usually you and I do the HR Wonder Women and... I've been a guest on the social hour, but it's pretty cool to be here as a co-host. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it is, it's a social hour, but it's going to be more, it's going to have that Wonder Woman feel um, because it is you and I doing it. And the focus of uh, our chat tonight with Rhonda is a very strong feminist vibe because we are talking about Rhonda and uh, her experience in women's hockey in Canada. Um, She has a book coming out about it. She has been at the forefront of it. And so we are, I'm just super excited about it. And even so, we are going to still do our identification because I think that's important that we continue to normalize that part of our conversation. So I am Wendy. I am white, straight, side gender, female, Christian, and non-disabled, along with many, many other privileges, (laughs) I'm sure there. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. And you, Anne. Uh, My pronouns are also she, her, hers. And right, uh, we talk about this all the time. There are a lot of different ways that we can identify in any given context. Um, And for the purpose of this show together, I am a white, straight, cisgender woman, um, non-disabled. Yeah, that's who I am. And that's the lens that I am bringing to this conversation. And with that, I am super excited to be introducing to you uh, Rhonda Taylor. Rhonda was one of the founding pioneers of women's hockey in Canada as it was reborn in the early 1980s. She was a founding member, member of the Ontario Women's Hockey Association and the first female to sit on Hockey Canada's board of directors, where she fought and won the right to hold the first vote for a woman on the council. She was also the first director of the Female Council, now a subset of Hockey Canada. In 1982, she was chair organizer of the first Women's Canadian National Hockey Tournament. This tournament was a turning point for women's hockey as it changed the stigma against female hockey players, empowered young girls to partake openly in the sport they loved, and gave elite women a chance to vie for a national title like the men. In 1983, she persuaded nine of the 10 members of the female council to agree to eliminate body contact from the women's game in Canada, a policy which would eventually spread to women's and men's leagues across the globe, making the game safer for everyone. That is an impressive and really exciting bio. Um, And so Rhonda, welcome to the show. You mentioned some of your identity in the um, in your cold open. We know, you know, when Wendy and I do HR Wonder Woman, we talk about the fact that intersectionality matters, and so identification matters. Just so, for the purpose of this show, is there any other way that you want to identify um, any other lens that you want to mention that you're bringing to our conversation? I I never thought of hers of adding that, and um, I also have a unique. I am somewhat disabled, uh, and it's one of those hidden diseases or or, uh, symptoms, I should say, and I suffer from chronic pain from a a spinal cord injury that I I, um, experienced in 2004. You know, and we were just talking about that as well, as those those invisible disabilities are hard Mm -hmm. 
to um, to pick out. Um, you don't want to call out people on those for fear of seeming quote rude, but we do need to talk about them. And so I, I appreciate you bringing that up, Rhonda, because the more, you know, like I said earlier, the more we talk about it, the more we normalize it, the more others can see someone like you up and out and living a full life. Oh, exactly. And you know, I have a disability sticker for my car and, you know, I get out of my car and people look at me as if the, you know, why have you got one? Like they become very judgmental and they don't realize that <clears throat> I walk fine. But as soon as I put five pounds into a grocery bag, it throws my spine out and the chance for severe pain to build up, it, the chance is much higher. And as you say, it's one of those disabilities that people can't see. And to be honest, people really don't understand. That is true. So Rhonda, uh, we're here to talk about your book for first and foremost, but we know you because of your connection with HR. And we are the HR Social Hour and HR Wonder Women. <laughs> so tell us how you got into this field. Well, after working in, in hockey and juggling all the volunteer organizations, HR was a natural step. And so, and I was picked up by um, a consulting firm to work with them. And we were doing a lot. It was just the starting of the on-site facilitation programs that was occurring in the staffing world. And I started working um, in that field. And overnight, you know, all of a sudden you became aware of labor laws. You became aware of payroll practices and hiring techniques and talent acquisition became my strength and before you knew it um, three years later i opened up my own consulting firm and became recognized as the automotive hr queen across north america so that's awesome so you have you have reinvented yourself numerous times Oh, exactly. And, and I was just speaking with my co-writer of my book today, and we're, I was saying um, you, need, you need to always be changing. B being dynamic is being progressive. Absolutely. Absolutely. We always want to grow. So let's touch on your book for just a second, and let's just talk about women in sports. Tell us a little bit about your story. Um, don't give the whole book away, but give us a little teaser to get folks curious about your book that's coming out soon. Okay. Yeah, great. Well, it starts off, you know, when I was a child back in the 60s, when there really wasn't much women's hockey. And, you know, I grew up in an area that had a park with a, a rink. And, you know, being the, the true Canadian girl, I had a toque. And I would put my hair up in the toque to go play in the rink. And, and I would, you know, the players, the, the captains of the teams would pick the players. And I always was thrilled when I got picked high in the rank. Um, and it was only after the selection process was over that I would let it be known that, that I was a girl um, because there was already this uh, prejudice that girls can't play hockey back then. And then later, I, you know, I became active in, a, in women's teams um, at a senior A level with, with, by the way, with Kingston Red Barons, which we actually wrote a letter to Charles Schultz and he uh, enabled us to use his characters um, in the promotion of our team. So we played, I played senior hockey um, for about 10 years, went off to university. And after that, I became an, an administrator. And that's where I got into the OWHA and started working with Hockey Canada. And um, 
in the bio you you said all the great things that I did and 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 that that's the period of time in my life that it occurred. I, I think that's great that you were at the forefront of a lot of this in the states. Uh, I've done a lot of work around Title IX, which people unfairly categorize as girls in sports. <laughs> <laughs> the girls in sports sports amendment and you know but we're still seeing a lot of discrimination in sports a lot of bias especially against women's sports and your work with the women's canadian hockey league really helped start you know move that needle a little bit so tell us a little bit about what it was like to be the first woman on hockey canada's board of directors uh, it was amazing and and, and something right now is although when we're saying you know i was in canada Canada set up the template of the development of women's ice hockey. The United States, they actually followed the same process that Canada did. And thanks to Title IX and some of the money that was put into sports, um, I truly believe the United States bypassed our program um, and accolades to them. But, um, you know, sitting at sitting at Hockey Canada level, it was it was an uncomfortable seat. Um, you know, there was a lot of old, stale, pale males. Um, they were uh, almost twice my age and they basically did not approve that I was sitting there and definitely in their eyes, I was, I was not a peer. And, and then of course, then I went looking for the vote and it just became, um, it, it became personal when we started discussing the right for the women to have a vote. And, you know, it, it was very difficult for the men to grasp that, heaven forbid, the women might have a vote in the national game that could negate their vote. And they, they were not real happy about that uh, election process going through. But thanks to, you know, Sport Canada, um and and the women's movement in general they knew at the end of the day what was right but you know when that vote meeting occurred there there was so much emotion in the room that the president of hockey canada came to me and his name was murray costello and he says rhonda the 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 history books are never ever going to believe that this discussion went on you know i love that you were at that table and you were taking on the, the stale, pale males. I love that so much. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? And Sorry, I think, guys. <laughs> I think, um, you know, it's funny because we, um, Wendy and I talk a lot about the, the concept of a seat at the table, but you, like, literally had a seat at a yeah. literal table, right? This wasn't a metaphor. <clears throat> um, Absolutely. And, you know, the interesting thing is, is, um, you know, and I, I so much in behind this pay equality and, and the women's rights, um, because it, it, it's, it's so important, but what they need, what people need to step back and realize that in 1960, we did not even have a seat at the table. We did not even have a voice in the women's sports movement. And now we do have a voice. And so we have come somewhat, you know, we've been progressive, but obviously we need to ramp it up. I think that's so important, right? Like it can be, it can be easy to see how far we still need to go. I think people fall into two different traps and one is like, 
look at all that we've done. So we can just sort of like rest on our laurels because we've come really far. Or they can say, look at how far there is to go and get completely discouraged. But I think when you do both, when you say we've made real improvement, there's real progress that's happened. That is the encouragement that we need to keep going. And that's where you get the energy for the fight. Yeah, but I, I appreciate that you sat in that seat when it was so uncomfortable and there were no other women sitting there. Hard to be the only. And so, yeah, we've taken that on. And, you know, it, again, it kind of comes back down to this is not a zero sum game. There's enough room for all of us play hockey or play whatever and get paid for it. Right. Oh, exactly. So I think that in a lot of ways, sports is sort of like a microcosm of the rest of society. What in, in, you know, kind of taking that to the next step, when you look at women's sports today, what is giving you hope? Well, I think, I think what's, giving, what's giving us hope is, is that we're, we're being able to measure in the, uh, in the women's program. You know, it's very hard in society to see the progressive steps, but in any sport, whether it's hockey or baseball or, or tennis, you can, you can sit, step back and say that this organization is a reflection of the big picture. So there's just so, so much more hope. But, you know, we're living in the world that, you know, 5% of the sports, 5% of the sport directors um, are female. We need women to step up and, and play a role in their leadership. When we, all, when we think about sports, everybody thinks about speed and strength and, you know, that women's professional sports are not simply getting the recognition that um, maybe the skill level reflects. But you have to look and realize that the women's sports program has to develop their own image and that we have also have to step up and realize that, you know, 80% of the consumers into the, in society are women and women need to em embrace women's sports. Therefore the sponsors will step up. And when the sponsors step up, the media steps up and it all boils right, right down um, into um, the membership of the microcosm, the women um, supporting other women. I think that's a theme that we've heard um, throughout HR Wonder Women and is women we need to be better supporters of women ah, hey, right we have to say that um, but i think you know one of the things that you said Rhonda, really struck me is that you know women's sports we need to have our own uh, our own brand our own thing because I, I always think back to, you know, women's basketball versus men's basketball, um, because that's pretty big here. And when we watch the university teams, our women's basketball team has consistently for the since we became division one SDSU, I should say, I'm not I'm not part of them anymore. But <laughs> so SDSU's women's team has consistently gone um, at least to the level the elite eight in the national tournament on a regular basis. Yet the men's team, which goes and gets kicked out in the first round when they do go, gets to go play in a tournament in the Bahamas over Christmas break. Oh, yeah. yeah. And my husband and I are just like, wait, what? <laughs> what are my season tickets paying for? Um, so it's, it, it's one of those things that we, we still have that the women are more skilled, but the men have that brand. Um, oh, Exactly. And I, I just want to bring up the uh, L, LGPA that went on this weekend. Yes. The, the young lady, Co, who won, she played four rounds 
and did not have one bogey. No men, no man in the um, FedEx Cup did that. So she is such a better golfer. Yeah. And yet she walked away with $337,000. Rory, who won the FedEx, he walked away with $13 million. Mm. And, and to add you know, salt to the insult, we had Dustin Johnson, who was 10th um, in the FedEx. He walked away with 400000 mm. <laughs> And at ridiculous. the end of the day, who was the better golfer? Exactly. So the man in 10th place walked away with more money than the woman in first place who played a better game than all of them. Yes. Exactly. Yep. Yep. It, so it, is, there not, is there not something wrong with our media and our sponsorship that, you know, it, we, we, we are such a patriarchal society. And I find it so frustrating because, you know, women control so much of what's going on in their households, but they're not, they're not being strategic in helping the women's programs. We're all part of, and you know, that's part of it too. We've, we talk about the lens that we look through things and we all have that patriarchal lens that um, is hard to, hard to look through and see, you know, look past that and see something different. And so there's so many of us that we just take the easy way out and we're just going to buy the, buy what we always bought regardless. And, you know, we, there's, Anna and I were talking about the challenges with that (laughs) this week as Mm -hmm. well, you know, Um, no, do I want to shop at Walmart? Not necessarily, but when the other choice is a local, a local grocery store that won't let the Girl Scouts sell cookies, but will let the Boy Scouts sell popcorn. Hell yeah. I'm going to give my money to Walmart. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Love it. That's mm. such awesome conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I and, don't know that I am left with like the hope that you see in women's <laughs> sports right now. Yeah. And I think what, what's really neat is when we take a look at what happened at the NHL all-star game, um, when they let some of the women, uh, women step up and, you know, I think Kendall Schoenfeld, she turned around and she won the uh, stick, stick uh, puck control uh, competition. Uh, she actually beat the man, but um, because they were playing, oh, it was Decker, sorry, because the, the hashtag was pay Decker. Um, okay. And she actually beat the man, but because she was an exhibitionist, she didn't qualify for the money that Cooper put up. So. Mm. The hashtag ran rampant called hashtag pay Decker. And the next day Cooper stepped up and paid her. Good. Awesome. There's the hope. There's the hope. And and now I see the hope. The hope that I have, Anne, is that we're talking about it. You know, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, um, we wouldn't have talked about it. We just said, oh, that's just the way it is. Or that's what the market says. Mm -hmm. But the market is speaking up. I think social media has helped that a lot. So I I think there's some hope. It's oh, exactly. <laughs> it's glacier paste, but there's hope. <laughs> and, and the nice thing about it is that although in my book I'm talking about my experiences in the women's hockey, but, you know, it, 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 it encompasses the women's movement. It encompasses where right. we have come from. And, and my book is not meant to be a vanity book at all. It's, you know, letting 
letting the young women of today know where where we've come from know the obstacles that we encountered and you know from there we're passing them the torch and say saying it's your turn to run faster and to run harder exactly yeah, i love that awesome all right passing the torch all right well Rhonda, it is now time for everyone's favorite part of the hr social hour but we are keeping our female twist on it and using the questions from the HR, HR Wonder Women because, again, we are elevating female voices tonight. But we do like to talk about networking because that is the whole point of what we're doing is uh, connecting people and helping folks find new um, and other female voices that they need to hear. Um, so let's talk a little bit about networking and how it's helped you in your career and what's been effective for you. Well, you know, it's, it's amazing. Even now... Um, with my book and, and, and with my career, you learn. You learn what the trends are. You, and you also, um, and Wendy, you know this, I also take the opportunity in the, next, in, in the networking sessions to educate, mm -hmm. you know, to teach people that it's okay because this is how it is in other places. And, and networking is so much more than just you know passing passing out business cards it's i use it to um reinforce my brand who i am and it's interesting uh, again your brand changes it always changes i spoke to the young lady who was my co-writer in my book denby this morning and i said denby you don't have it up in your your linkedin account that you are a co-writer in the book and she says but I'm not so sure that that's the direction I want to go in my, in my career. And I said, it doesn't matter. It's part of the fabric. It's a part of who you are. And that's networking allows for that um, communication to occur. And it's been great for me. I, I love that idea. So we hear a, a lot from our guests about networking being about making connections and that, you know, for sure, that's huge. But I love hearing you talk about networking is the chance not only to, to, to like spread your brand, but to, to bring that authenticity to your brand. Exactly. Right? It, you, yep. you change and you grow over time, but you present who you really are in that moment, not some fake version of who you want to be that you're trying to sell. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate yeah. that. Um, so tell us about some women that you uh, follow to, to keep current. Um, you know, I, I tend to follow the, the CEOs of the world, um, but I do, I do really enjoy following um, Melinda Gates. Um, I, think, I think she's sort of my, my hero because she's brilliant, but she is, she's, you know, her head is always on a swivel um, looking and evaluating where she can have some impact next and she just makes the world a better place um and i would love to be able to have have that recognition on my tombstone <laughs> <laughs> i don't think anyone said melinda gates yet so she's a good choice <laughs> well thank <Yeah>. you <laughs> Uh, okay, so Rhonda, what is your favorite movie that features a strong female cast? Well, I have two. One is The League of Their Own, because I, I think that the women's hockey movement back in the 1930s and um, 40s paralleled very much 
the baseball movement. And from my research, the women's hockey movement was almost not a freak show, but it was close to it because the men uh, org- coached the teams, the men marketed the teams, and the men drove the programs. And right up to like, gosh, remember they get their own, um, you got to fine if you appeared in public without your lipstick on. <laughs> you know, now, do you think that's a woman's rule? No. Not, not. <laughs> no, okay. absolutely not. And then my other one is, is Million Dollar Babe. That's a good one. Because in that, in that story, she played a sport that wasn't a traditional women's sport. An interesting side, and it's in the book, um, my girlfriend took me to the, this movie about four or five months after I got hurt. Oh. And in the book, I talk about, like, I got in the car after Million Dollar Babe, and I bawled. I cried. And my girlfriend, who was a nurse, she said, are you okay? Are you in pain? You know, what's wrong, Rhonda? And I said, I just could identify with the girl who wanted to end her life. Mm -hmm. Because I had just finished having neurosurgery, six months of trauma in, you know, in, in in a trauma facility. And I had to I had to grieve the life I had. The life that, that I had before I got hurt. I did three short triathlons the summer that I got hurt. My 50th birthday, I did three short triathlons. I got hurt playing hockey that winter. And after that, the doctor said, you know, like you're gonna have a hard time playing your sports again. And they recommended not to because of the chronic pain oh. I I lived with. And um it was it was it was a real it was a grieving process and I guess when I went to see the movie I had not come to terms with my grieving process yet and it was pretty raw ladies <laughs> I felt sorry yeah. for my girlfriend <laughs> There's a couple of things I think to that one you know when I said earlier you reinvented yourself multiple times like that's to be able to reinvent yourself like really out of the ashes um mm-hmm. takes takes so much courage right to be able to to do that and I think that part of that courage is to like walk through that grief and not try and hide it and Mm -hmm. the final thing that I final thing I'll say that I think about that is just like how great when a movie can do that for you like release something in you that you haven't even known that you need to let go of um or that, that you haven't looked at yet so that's really cool and I think that I will look at that movie differently quite honestly, yes. hearing that story. <laughs> well, I hope you do. It's, a, it's, yeah. a, it's amazing, you know, yeah. what, what it says. Yeah. yeah. Tell, us, <laughs> tell us about a favorite female musician or band. I like, there's, again, my favorite one is Madonna. Because Madonna, <laughs> when she created her brand and she walked the high wire. She went in a direction that nobody expected her to go. And if you read her story, you know, she worked hard. She was, her, she was up at four o'clock in the morning going to her fitness workouts. And, you know, she's now got kids. Just an amazing, she's, she's just amazing that she, you know, was able to pull off what she did. And stay true to herself. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, Talk about reinventing sure. yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> many, exactly. many times. Mm -hmm. oh. How about a favorite female protagonist in a book or favorite female fictional character? You know, it, it's funny. I, I have a little bit of, uh, a little bit of trouble with that. You know, it, it sounds really corny and I'm going to go to the Bible. Okay. I, I always loved the story of Joan of, Joan of Arc. She was yeah. a woman who stood up for her values and she lost her life because of it. Yeah. Um, because of the time, I just, I think that could be you and, you and me if we lived back <laughs> that era. <laughs> right? You know, would you be, you, would you be strong enough to stand up for, for what you believe in? And give your life. And give your life for mm -hmm. God sending some saints to talk to you. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I bet you never heard that one before either. <laughs> no, that one has not come up. Yeah, no. not come up. <laughs> not, not yet, not yet. No, you've had some really, really strong answers. Yeah, um, we ask for like strong women, and you've you've given them to us. Yes, you have. <laughs> um, it's it's been awesome. So our final question is, what do you like to do outside work? And we like to ask this because we think it's important for us to be seen as whole people, right? So, yeah. Obviously, sports is something that you're passionate about, but tell us something about you that we, you know, that, that people may not know or that people may find surprising. I, you know, we, we live a pretty simple, we live a pretty simple life. Um, you know, I have my dog and I walk my dog for hours. Um, and that's part of my therapy. It's, it's my mental therapy and it's my physical therapy is, is walking a dog. And like, and it's really great because, you know, Wendy can attest, I walk hours in trade shows. <laughs> and, you know, not a lot of people you know, know of my disability. Um, I, I spoke about it in my book and um, people are now learning about it. If you watch me, I have a unique gait. I, I have muscles that aren't working properly. So I've learned to, to walk in a way that is, is a Rhonda walk. And, <laughs> and people don't know that, but, and I have to work at it. You know, I, it, it just doesn't come natural. I, you know, I'm, you know, my hobby is probably walking and, and keeping, keep putting physically, keep putting one foot in front of the other. I think that's a great, great way to do it. <laughs> yep. It sounds like that is how you live your life, both physically and figuratively. Oh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Perfect. And what a perfect way to, to wrap up the show. Rhonda, thank you so much for joining us tonight. This has been just a fantastic conversation. I think the next time we're all together, we'll go grab a drink and just continue the conversation because this, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and we could go on and on. And, and this is just a taste. John and I have talked about that too, that we don't want to give away everything. We want people to go out and find you, Rhonda, and, and talk to you more about it from their perspective. So having said that, tell our listeners, listeners how they can find you either on social media or other ways they can get in touch with you. Sure. I'm pretty visible. I have a website. It's Lehman L-E-E-M-A-N, Taylor. The reason being most of my hockey career was in my single days. You know, please feel free to reach out to me. I am on Twitter, social underscore Rhonda, and I'm on LinkedIn. So, and, and Facebook. So don't <laughs> hesitate to reach out to me, follow me, and and don't just follow, be engaged, be <laughs> yeah. engaged with me. 
Definitely, definitely. And I'll put all that in the show notes so people can easily find you from there. I was wondering, Rhonda, did you want to tell us more about your book that's coming out? Oh, yes. Thank you. How people can order it, where we can buy it, when it's coming out, all that stuff. Well, thank you. Um, Yeah, the book is coming. uh, Book is being launched October the 5th. You'll be able to buy it through Amazon. Uh, Interesting enough, I I still had two publishers that were looking at the book, but unfortunately, they're moving too slow. I wanted my book out for Christmas. My book is about the women's movement, encouraging people to to move forward. And it's $12.99. I'm not out to make a fortune on it. I'm out to encourage us to make a difference in today's society. Wonderful. And I will put a link to order your book as well in the show notes. Thank you for Thank the you. reminder, Anne. I appreciate that. And now, Anne, how can people find you? Okay. So um, I am on LinkedIn. I am on Facebook. But the place that I am most often to be found on social media is on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at, at Anne Tomk, A-N-N-E-T-O-M-K. Um, and I would love to connect. And like Rhonda said, yeah, don't just follow. Let's be engaged. Definitely. And y'all know you can find me on Twitter. I am Wendell93 uh, or my blog, mydailyjourney.com. Daily is D as in dog, A-I-L-E-Y. And the fourth Sunday of each month, please join us 7 p.m. Eastern time for the HR Social Hour Twitter chat. Now you're listening to this, so don't forget to rate, review, and share the episode with others to spread the word about HR Social Hour and HR Wonder Women. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you, Rhonda. So appreciate the conversation. Cannot wait to get your book and read it. Thank you as always, Anne. And for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, this is Wendy. Now go tell your story.